We're uh, continuing our series, Vibe, and we've talked about that some vibes are good and some are not so good. And the fact is the vibes that we listen to, they, they influence your attitude, they determine the direction, and in fact, they tend to control your life. And the fact is that vibes are powerful. And today what I want to do, I want to pose some questions that I think you should ask yourself, especially when you're confused, when you're struggling, when there's uncertainty on the horizon. And if you've never experienced that, uh, those kind of things in your life, uh, check your pulse, all right? Or you can get your phone out and play Clash of Clans or something while I'm talking, but if you're in a place where you're struggling and you feel a bit confused, the fact is you're kind of questioning things, I want you to listen up some more because I believe God has a word for you. You're here for a reason, so focus, all right? And here's the question. What's that say? Run control. Sound like a Nickelodeon Juniors kind of kind of thing happening there. Run control. This has everything to do with focus. Now some of you, how many of you are confused now? <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Are you in control? Ah, ah. Some of you have been wondering that lately, aren't you? Haven't you? Are you in control? Am I in control? The fact is, it is a question worth asking yourself. You know, sometimes uh, the focus shifts, especially when, when things are difficult or you're really struggling and confused in life. Sometimes in the back of your mind, you wonder, you're, but you're kind of afraid to ask God, are you in control? See how it shifts? It's a question of clarification. It's a question of who sits on the throne, in your opinion. Are you in control? Who's in control? See, questions are defining. Questions change your focus. They define your attitude in life. And some questions will lead you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Some will will help you make progress in your life. Today, what I want to do is look at some questions that I believe will lead to a good vibe in your life. You know, one of my uh, favorite books, uh, the Bible, is a very practical book. It's a book of Philippians. And I often turn to it in times when I'm confused, I'm struggling, I'm looking for direction, clarification in my life. And so often I'll I'll take a peek at it. You know, when, when I ask you, are you in control, what do you think? I mean, intellectually, I, I think we know that we're not. But the reality is our actions often indicate that we believe we are. You know, others, when I ask that, are you in control? You immediately go, 
Well, no, God's in control. But in the back of your mind, you question it, don't you? Are you in control, God? Are you? It's an uncomfortable question, but it's something we all struggle with. If God's in control, well, why is there so much hate in this world? If God's in control, why, why are so many people abused? Why do people deal with addictions? You know, why does evil abound in this world? If God's in control, why is there so much chaos? Why? Are you in control, God? The answer to that, I think, is complicated. I mean, God is sovereign. God is in charge. And yet we struggle with this, don't we? Trying to understand? Friends, God is always in control. Get that. God's always in control, but God doesn't always take control. Now, here's a great example. Uh, quarantine 19. The, what has happened in that? Well, it's resulted in 19 extra pounds. <laughs> and then a few. <laughs> 19 extra pounds. As the gyms shut down and I couldn't play hoops, as the comfort food increased, God never took the ramen off my plate. And so consumption increased and the weight increases. And, and here's the thing. The real reason for most of the things in our lives, the struggles, is portion control. This is an issue in every area of life. God is not going to control things. God's not going to control the amount of food you eat. God's not going to control the amount of news that you consume. God's not going to control the, the amount of time you spend reading your Bible. God will let you, get this, he will let you go on a Netflix binge and never open your Bible. He'll let you do that. He'll let you scroll through social media, through Instagram, and consume all your friends' vacations till you want to throw up, if you want. God will not stop you. But God is always in control. Most of us, if we're honest, kind of want a God that'll take control, but we want to pick and choose when and where, don't we? We, we want to ask God to fix our problems, to fix a relationship, uh, fix our finances, fix our, our situation that we find problematic. But friends, God doesn't operate that way. You know, th this past year, I think, has been very challenging. Would you agree? Global pandemic, erratic economy, a very hotly contested election, a shifting culture. And I've said this before, I, I, I watch the news to be informed, always have. But there came a point where I had to turn it off, had to 
limit my intake. Because what happened, it starts messing with my mind. And then it messes with my focus in life. You know, multiple times a day. Breaking news. You know why they call it breaking, right? Because when you watch it, it will break you down if you're not careful. It'll mess you up. When, when things get confusing, when things get uncertain, friends, you, you have to change your focus in life. It's always about focus. In our scripture today, Paul, Paul is in prison. And some of the Christ followers are kind of questioning things. They don't get it. They're, they're confused. They, they didn't understand why in the world Paul would be in prison. And they wanted to know when he was going to get out. If you have uh, children, you, you've probably heard this one before. Are we there yet? <laughs> yes. It is the second most irritating question that my kids ask me. Now, you're wondering what's the most irritating, right? Do I have to? <laughs> Do I have to war- load the dishwasher? No. Do dishes by hand if you'd like. And when you're finished, you can come watch the rest of us have dessert. Yeah. Do we have to? You know, sometimes I, I believe that life has to take a turn for us to appreciate the things that we have. You know, sometimes uh, things have to get confusing, uncertain, troubling for us to to get the proper perspective in life. People are asking Paul, who's in control? Is God really in control? Or is Rome in control? You know, Paul, when are you going to get out? And I love it because Paul does not answer their question. Instead, he says, now I want you to know, this is what I want you to get, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul, Paul says, you're asking the wrong questions. You're, you're looking at the wrong stuff. It doesn't, I'm not going to address when or if I'm getting out of the cell. Instead, I'm going to tell you about what God is doing in this situation at this moment. See, Paul changes his focus. Paul was focused on results in his life. The gospel was advancing because he was in prison. You know, some of you, you're in a situation and you're struggling. You're confused. I mean, you may not be sitting on a dock, but you feel like you're wasting your time. Been there? Some of you are asking, when? When is this going to be over? I'm tired of it. You want an answer, right? When God doesn't give you the answer, I suggest you change your question. You know, perhaps instead of saying, when's this going to be over? You know, you might try asking, what do you want to do? How do you want me to respond, God? See, Paul isn't focusing on what he can't control. There's lots of things he couldn't control. He's not focusing on some hypothetical situation that hasn't happened, maybe never going to happen. 
Paul isn't playing out the future, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if this happens? No. Instead, Paul's asking the right questions. What's God want me to do here? In fact, I, I would challenge you. Because the fact is, the longer, the longer you uh, avoid asking God the right question, how do you want me to respond, Lord? The longer you will flounder in your life. And you will be absent of an answer in your life. And what normally happens is then you start mistakenly believing God's absent in your life. See, fear, fear will make you focus on the wrong things. Fear will make you ask the wrong questions. You know, Christ followers, you, you know when you're progressing in your faith, and this is a good sign that you're progressing in your relationship with God, when you have to have less answers and you ask better questions. It's a sign of maturity and growth. Paul says, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, see, he's found the advantage here, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, Paul's going to start detailing a situation that's happening that he's, uh, he's aware of. He says, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfishness, ambition, apparently bad motives. Not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. So let me break it down just a little bit. Apparently, some of the people are trying to cause Paul problems while he's in prison. And they're saying and doing things. And I love Paul's response because who put him in prison was not as important to him as why he was put in prison. And Paul tells us right there in the scripture, he says, I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Paul understood that. I mean, he could have very easily said, I was put here by Caesar. I was put here by the evil Roman Empire. I was put here because of my enemies. They lied about me. And from a human standpoint, Paul might have been right. Some of you, You're stuck. Why did this happen, Lord? Friends, that is not a good question. Most of the time. I mean, a better question would be, how do you want me to respond to the situation? See, Paul, Paul doesn't ask, you know, God, when am I going to get out of here? Paul asks a better question. Why am I put here? He wanted to figure that out. I wonder what would happen if you asked that. You know, why am I put here, Lord? You know, 
Why, why, why am I in this situation instead of who put me here? Who's responsible? See, that latter question will make you bitter. It'll make you angry. And you'll start blaming people. You'll blame people who hurt you. You'll blame people who disappointed you. What you were put there for, whatever the situation, matters more than who put you there or why you got there. Some of you, some of you, you need to, we love the little emojis that people use. You need to put like a shrug emoji next to that thing that you're mad about, that thing you're frustrated by, that that thing that, that just puts you on full tilt when you think about it. You got to make a list of things and just go, I don't care anymore. You know, I'm letting this go. Why? So you can focus on what matters in your life. The fact is, you do not have the capacity to deal with everything in life. Some things need to go. Why? So you can focus on what's important. For instance, and I said it, it, is it more important for me to stay informed about the news or does my sanity matter more? Hmm? It's a good, good thought, isn't it? I mean, is it more important that you prove your point or does the relationship matter more? You have to decide. You have to decide what matters most, what's most important in your life. You have to do that. And when things shift, when they change, you have to keep asking, what am I put here for? Why am I in this situation? What is it you want me to do, God? How do you want me to respond? See, questions, questions are important. They are clarifying. Paul, Paul declares, I was put here for the defense of the gospel. Some people, you got to look for the advantage in your life. You know, some people are trying to take advantage of Paul. Paul's in a very vulnerable situation. He's He's in prison. But Paul asks another great question. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether false motive or true, Christ is preached. See, he's, he's focused in. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. What does it matter? It is a defining question. What does it matter? It allowed Paul to focus on what was important, the gospels being preached. Friends, you have to decide what questions you're going to ask in life. And if you ask the wrong questions, you will struggle in your life. You know, so when things spin out, when, when you're confused, some of you, you immediately think, well, what's wrong with me? It's a horrible question. You know why? Because Satan is sitting and he is waiting for you to ask that. You know, he's waiting with a long list. He's already got answers for you. 
and he will deliver them to your mind in rapid succession. You know his intent? Steal, kill, destroy. Always his intent. You ask that question, and he will level you. When, when Paul asks, what does it matter? See, he's, he's setting the direction for his thoughts. He's setting the, the direction and by focusing on what's really important, on focusing on his priorities in life, see why Paul's in, in prison, people are trying to capitalize on the situation. Paul, Paul says, it doesn't matter. I don't care. And I want to go, it does matter. It's wrong what they're doing. I mean, it's really easy I think, to get offended in life, to get hurt, and then get stuck. You get offended, and I'll tell you what happens. It blocks God's flow in your life. What does it matter? You know, through the years, Paul, that, just that statement has helped me so much because I realize there are a lot of things that just don't matter. You know, human opinion <laughs> doesn't matter. Not as much as I once thought it did. What does it matter? It will help you deal with life. It will help you with your priorities. It will help you move forward in your faith. What does it matter? Well, you get serious about that question? you will eliminate a lot of misdirection in your life. You'll save a lot of energy. It will clarify things for you. That, that thing you're struggling with, that thing that overwhelms you, that thing that's got you stuck right now, what does it matter? I mean, let me further clarify. Is anything... That thing that you're struggling with is anything too hard for God. See, you don't need answers. You need to focus on God. You need to focus on what matters. You know, from prison, Paul, Paul writes this, these wonderful words. The letter is full of joy when you read Philippians. He talks about joy and rejoicing over and over and over. I used to think that the theme of Philippians was joy. And it is to a degree. But it's really about something greater. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom from the shackles of all the junk. Although Paul can't do anything about his situation, being in prison. Paul can focus on his attitude, though. That's what he can control. He can focus on joy in his life. And I wonder, I wonder, will you rejoice when things are confusing? Will you rejoice when, when the future's uncertain? 
Will you rejoice when things feel like they're out of control? Paul says, I will continue to rejoice. I'm going to continue doing it. That does not happen, friends, unless Paul asks the right question. What does it matter? See, it shifted him. It changed him. See, God's in control, but God will not always take control. Why? Because you get to choose. You get to choose. You have to decide what matters. Life is a battle. Have you figured that out? Life is always a battle. What will you choose? You know, sometimes the, the evil one, I believe, wants to discourage people. In fact, he's discouraging some of you today. He wants you to get you to look at your situation, and he wants you to feel defeated, broken, stuck. Questions turn things. Friends, you are here for a purpose. Things may be confusing, uncertain. But as long as you focus on what is broken, what is negative, what is wrong, why did they do it? Why? It's not fair. You will never ever find the freedom you're looking for. You won't. What does it matter? Ask yourself, what am I put here for? God, what is it you want me to do? What, how do you want me to respond? That's the only thing you can control. And it's up to you. It's up to you. What can you speak? What can you activate in your life? What can you do in your present circumstance? How, how can you move forward in faith? You find the advantages. There's always advantages. Always. Any situation, there is some advantage. You are a child of God. You are called by God. But the questions you ask are so, so important. So important. Change the questions. Change them. I mean, even, even if you don't know the answer, change the question. You will not find the answer until you start asking better questions. The fact is, some of you are distracted these days. The fact is, some things don't matter as much as you think they matter. That'll get you sidetracked. You know, some things you think don't matter do matter. You got to get this stuff straight. You matter to God. God has a plan for your life. You, you, you have no idea how much God cares about you. But friends, you've got you to have some faith here. 
you, you have to believe that God does have a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. You've got to believe that stuff. But you have to decide that you're not going to get into the stuff that gets you distracted. You know, it's uh, majoring in the minors. Friends, when you ask the right question, you start figuring out what really matters and what's important. And once you figure that out, well, then you have to make the right choice. And if you make the right choice, your situation, it may still be there. But guess what? Just by changing the focus, all of a sudden you, you can find peace in the midst of it. And at some point, you'll find the joy that Paul talked about. Now, before we prepare for communion today, you know, I know some of you are stuck. You're in a place and it's not where you want to be. Friends, God has a plan in the midst of it. And if you're stuck today, you're in that place, just stand up. I'm going to pray for you. That's all, all you got to do. It's a step of faith. But to say, God, help me. Help me with this. I'm in, I'm in a bad place. I feel, feel stuck. I'm lost. I'm confused. Whatever. And I just want to pray for you. So just stand up where you're at. Our holy God. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just ambush these hearts. That God, you would whisper that you're in the midst of it. It doesn't matter why we ended up there. God, what matters is what you want to do through this. God, I pray that... Uh, God, we would just lean on you. That your strength, your grace would help us find the peace, find joy in the midst of it. God, you have a plan. I pray that your spirit would just whisper and say, I've got this. I'm with you. I'm working. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord. You are in control. And we give you that control. By the way we live, the decisions we make. God, help us to make godly decisions. Help us to focus on you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. God's people said, you may be seated. If uh, you didn't receive communion element, uh, just raise your hand. The ushers will bring, bring some down. These are uh, just instructionally a little difficult. There's two uh, places to peel. If you peel the very top, that'll give you the wafer. And then uh, there's a second second section. You know, Jesus Christ died for you.
He died for a broken world. He died to reconcile us so that we could have a relationship with God. And I, I'm reminded every time I uh, take communion of how great God's love is. And so to, today we uh, celebrate in communion and we celebrate the fact that God loves us even when we're not very lovable at times. And so Jesus, much like he did with the disciples at Last Supper, he said, took the bread, he broke it. He said, take and eat, for this is my body. Jesus' body was broken so that we could have peace, so we could take uh, that brokenness and find wholeness. And then Jesus took the cup and he passed it. He said, drink, for this is my blood. In that we find forgiveness. We experience God's grace. I pray that um, communion becomes an important part of what we do as a fellowship together. And I pray that... Uh, all week you um, would remember how much God loved you and cares for you. Let's bow in prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you that we can partake of this bread, this cup, that in that we're reminded of your grace. We're also reminded of that great cost that came. Jesus gave up his life for us. Only you, God, would show that much love. And God, I pray that our lives would uh, reflect in how we live, what we say, what we do, that it would reflect our relationship with you. God, we thank you that we can have that relationship we can talk to you we can lean on you in times of trouble and that you'll direct us even in the good times that you're always there God we thank you for that presence pray that we would live accordingly it's in Christ's holy name we pray amen go in peace may you know the love and the peace of Jesus Christ and the joy